Today in our series of reflections on heroes, uh, heroes of the faith, we've been asked to take a look at Joseph, Mary's husband and Jesus' dad. But from the readings, you might well have imagined that the theme was tales of the unexpected. First off, we have Josiah, king of Judah, an ancestor of Joseph's. 13 generations earlier, according to Matthew, though we're not sure if that's accurate. We have Josiah becoming king at the age of eight. Now, the lad is reported as having done okay, uh, with whose help in the early years we don't know. Then, when he was in his mid-twenties, Josiah authorised work on the repair of the temple. Um, during excavations, what should turn up but the Book of the Law, the text setting out the obligations of the people to God and to each other, part of the Torah as we understand it. This was startling. Josiah realised the significance of the book. In a passage you did not hear, he consulted the high priest who in turn consulted a prophetess. She foretold disaster, and this was to be the Babylonian exile. As you heard, Josiah then read the book to the priests and the people so that they could all pledge themselves to its covenant, the deal with God that had been made before but broken and was now being freshly made for this generation. He then embarked on what you'd have to call a robust campaign of cleansing the land of idols to false gods, their priests and their altars. He reinstituted, reinstituted Passover that had fallen out of custom. He did his best. His successors, however, were disasters and Judah became vassal first to the Pharaoh of Egypt and then to Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. Whether Josiah's actions were heroic, I wouldn't like to say, because we do not know what personal risks he took or what opposition he faced. But he seems at least open to God, steady, principled, and prepared to act. Now, Joseph, though descended from kings, does not seem to have been a toff. He is referred to as a carpenter. And while that term might cover a range of occupations, it probably does us no harm to picture him in a workshop designing and making structures and objects in local timber, maybe teaching one or more of his sons the trade. Like Josiah, Joseph encounters the unexpected. But for Joseph, this unexpected was more intimate and even more consequential than Josiah's. Into Josiah's hands had come the chance to renew an existing covenant and right the wrongs a nation had committed. Into Joseph's hands came the responsibility of caring for Jesus, who would bring a wholly new covenant, not just for Jerusalem or Judea or the Jews, but for everyone.
Josiah was taken aback by a book. Joseph by a pregnancy. And then a logistically fraught birth. The oddest visitors coming to wet the baby's head. A creepy king on an unplanned journey or two. And so Joseph, obedient to God, faithful to the law, enters the zone of the heroic via the decidedly haphazard arrangements the Holy Spirit seems to have made for the birth and early days of Jesus. As heroes go, Joseph seems a quiet one to us. With everything that goes on, no one, not the authors of the Gospels, not Paul or the other letter writers, no one reports any direct or indirect speech of Joseph. Search your Bible all you will, and there is no, and Joseph said. Like Josiah, Joseph is presented as steady, principled, strong in faith. Unlike the king, he has no priests or soldiers or other trappings of power at his disposal. He is also presented as obedient. Indeed, that almost comes across as his chief quality. Now, the Gospel of Matthew strikes me as being strong on historical inevitability, as we might put it. Things occur because they were preordained. There's probably a theological term for this, which I don't know, but it's represented by repeated use of phrases like, and so was fulfilled, referring to something from Isaiah or Jeremiah or another prophet from former days. Matthew can come across as if the prophets were mere fortune tellers who needed to be validated. Now this contributes, as I see it, this contributes to a narrative that seems to deny some of its characters their agency, their autonomy, or if you like, their free will. Stuff happens to them and they seem to have little say, Joseph especially. I think we should rescue the man from this diminu diminution of his humanity. The problem I have, you see, is the dreams. They're just a little too packed. They strike me as being literary devices rather than authentic experiences. There's just not enough Joseph in the dreams. You see, Joseph had been told, perhaps by Mary herself, or her mother, or some gossip, that there's a child on the way. But can it be only through a dream that he learned that the child was from the Holy Spirit? Don't you think Mary, or someone interceding on her behalf, might have tried to tell her story? If we can be told it, Surely Joseph could have been. In its enthusiasm to show that everything took place as ordained by God, the Matthew narrative has pretty well stripped out what Joseph and Mary must have gone through. In particular, the way, because he's our subject, the way Joseph must have wrestled with the situation confronting him. 
For sure, a dream might have helped him resolve his dilemma, but not out of the blue, only after much thought, and in line with the desire to care for Mary, in line with love for her. And take the flight to Egypt. It followed the visit of the Magi. When they showed up, these exotic folk would have recounted their journey. That's what visitors always do. And they would have been bound to describe their meeting with Herod. Now, anyone who knew anything in those parts recognised Herod as a nasty bit of work. You would not relish any interest he might show in you. So Joseph would have been uncomfortable at hearing that Herod wished to see the baby. He would have wondered what to do for the best. Getting out of Herod's jurisdiction would be a sound move. Maybe he shared his anxieties with the Magi, and certainly they dodged Herod on their way home. The reported dream of Joseph might have brought resolution, but Joseph's good sense would have done the groundwork. Joseph, for me, was not a hero because he merely complied with dream instructions, but because he confronted the dilemmas he faced and opened himself to possibilities. What his life had been like before his betrothal to Mary, we do not know, but somehow it had fitted him for a role that required the human qualities of imagination, kindness, compassion, wit, and no little pluck, as well as the righteousness and obedience with which he is labelled. So then, what does Joseph teach us? That we should wait for God to tell us, out of the blue, what to do? Wait to dream a roadmap on global warming? Wait to dream a repair manual on poverty? Wait to dream a guide to racial justice? Should we not instead wrestle with the dilemmas using the talents and know-how we have been given? So then, as we open our hearts and minds, the Holy Spirit will find some raw material that it can work with. Amen. <laughs>